Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. You may remember a few weeks ago, we were very kindly sponsored by Coin Corner, who make the world of buying and selling Bitcoin easier than ever. However, as I introduced Coin Corner and tried to explain a little bit about Bitcoin, I said that Elon Musk would even let you buy a Tesla using Bitcoin. Then a few hours before that episode went live, Elon Musk came out and said, you can no longer buy a Tesla using Bitcoin. And I looked a bit silly. Luckily, Coin Corner are pretty lighthearted about these things and they realise they can't control the price of Bitcoin before any sponsorship goes live. And they very kindly offered to sponsor a number of future episodes of this podcast. So we're very grateful to have them on board. If all this chat about Bitcoin's got you intrigued, if you noticed the comment section of that episode going crazy with people talking about the pros and the cons of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, head over to coincorner.com forward slash STG. Well, not only can you sign up and start trading Bitcoin, but you can also find out a lot more. There's some amazing information on there so you can read up about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and decide if you want to get involved. If you do, as I say, coincorner.com forward slash STG or use my code STG when you sign up. And that way you'll get some sats, which are basically very small units of a Bitcoin. I got into the Bitcoin game late. I couldn't afford to buy a whole Bitcoin. So I own sats, just small units. And that's what you'll get for free when you sign up using that code STG or my link coincorner.com forward slash STG. So yes, thanks to them for ignoring my slight mess up a few weeks ago. I'm willing to come back and sponsor future episodes. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass. I'm your host, Sam, from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. And I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yes, you are. Uh, Each week we get together, we talk about cars, motorsport, F1... Car, what else? Cars? Cars? We cars, 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 cars. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on youtube.com forward slash behind the glass. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And Tony, if people want to support this podcast, what should they do? Watch it. No. <laughs> But also head to Patreon. You can support us on patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Tony, we have more new patrons. Again. Again, they just keep on coming. We're going to welcome Bacon. What a great name. Whether that is a nickname or your actual name, it makes me hungry. It's a f- <laughs> it's, um, it's, there's some surnames, Bacon. Yeah, it's an actual Kevin surname. Bacon, famous yeah. actor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Bacon, welcome. Aaron Leak, Louis, Paolo, Alan Granger, John Fernie, Joe P- Joe, I never know how to say your surname. I'm Joe. Pretty, I think, yeah, let's just go with Joe, Joe P. Joe, oh, P. Joe P. What's up, Joe P? Um, but yeah, amazing to have new patrons joining us every week, every month. Brilliant. And can you Thank believe you. our YouTube channel is nearly at 45 
thousand subscribers. When when did we hit forty? Was that the start of the year? I think it was. It was yeah, probably sort of March time, February when, March. Uh, we're all so we might get to fifty, buddy. Oh, maybe. if we could get to fifty thousand subscribers by the end of this year, like I'm going on holiday. <laughs> With a champagne bottle. You can come as well if you like. <laughs> Thank you very much. A celebratory kind. tour. Oh, lovely. Oh, I don't know where, Brighton or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, 50,000 subscribers would be absolutely amazing. We need some more aggressive uh, titles. I know, more aggressive clickbait titles. And maybe we'd like some kind of, I don't know, competition. Tony's going to give a car away no. for free. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, uh, we have to say how amazing the sort of first two Behind the Glass live events went. Very good. Now two under our belt uh, in sort of increasing size. So we did one for 30 at the beginning of July, one for 50 uh, just, well, last week. Um, and they've just been brilliant, haven't they? We've loved them. Yeah. So sure. much fun. And that we've enjoyed them so much that we're, we're basically going to make the two events in September huge. Fingers <laughs> crossed. So basically- How are they doing? Uh, they're doing all right. Why is my, uh, my my ring device is going off? Is somebody downstairs? Hello? Oh, oh someone's here. <laughs> that scared me so much. <laughs> oh, come on, in you come. <laughs> Why are you so early? <laughs> it's four minutes to our podcast is supposed to start, Sam. Is it? Didn't I say come at 4.30? No, I said I, come at 4.30, didn't I? I, I think you said 4.30, mate. But anyway, nice to see you. <laughs> Thanks for turning up. Have you got dressed? I genuinely or? said 4.30. <laughs> so yeah, Paul Wallace is here. Yeah, I said 4.30. Go on the wanna, You want to sit and listen into the podcast or you want to be part of it? Well, I'm not all... Oh, this is oh, thrown me completely, hasn't it? disaster. It, have we got a lot to talk also, about Also, can today? I say, you really scared me. <laughs> because my ring, I heard my ring, and I was like, who's in the garage? And then I turned around, and I see this figure lurking behind our soundproof <laughs> oh, curtains. You ain't got to be scared. I'm here, boy. I don't think I really want you on this podcast, but now you're here, you're going to have to be on it. <laughs> You've invited yourself. Have you got the energy to do two podcasts? Yep. Okay, well, <laughs> give, give us two minutes. Everyone will get Paul plugged in and he'll be joining us for today's episode. <laughs> Don't wheel there. You're going to unplug the light. Paul Wallace is here. Uh, <laughs> who knew that was going to be a thing today? Well, yeah, well, oh, well. Such, I was such a drive down, <sighs> enjoying the lack of traffic on the roads because it was 3.30. Not 4.30. So basically, uh, long story short, after this usual episode of the podcast, Paul and I are recording our F1 special series after the checkered flag. He was supposed to come at 4.30. <laughs> he's turned up at 3.30. He's invited himself into this main show. <laughs> Hopefully, that's not going to encourage lots of you to turn off. Fingers crossed you will stay tuned. <laughs> you might see just a decline in the I know, it's going to be our um, least viewed episode for months. He's come, on, he's come on this channel because he wants to know what it feels like to get 20k a video. <laughs> right. We do actually have a lot to get through today. So to you haven't you even two, started? No, to keep you two in check, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort of carry on a bit because I think otherwise you two are just going to be ribbing each other for about He half hates it, doesn't he? Yeah. He hates it. He I've, hates got, it. I've got zero problem with it. <laughs> have you, Tony? No. <laughs> Honestly, I'm thinking of cancelling this episode immediately. We're all going on holiday, you know. Oh, <laughs> right. Order. Order. Okay, uh, we had a very important announcement to make, which you very rudely interrupted, because we're going big for our next two live events in September, our Behind the Glass live events. Wembley. Well, no. No. <laughs> no. Not, not Wembley. No. Uh, it, we're staying within the confines of the factory down there where SDGHQ is based, the Duke of London space. Um, but essentially, we're 
we're not unlimited tickets. I think we're probably looking at like 150 or 200 people. Um, but that is a huge step up for us. So suddenly now tickets are available once again on seenthroughglass.online. Head to the events section. You can find out more. There are two dates. It's Sunday the 5th of September, Sunday the 12th of September. The event will take place from 9.30 in the morning. That's when you can arrive to around 12 o'clock. Uh, there'll be a cars and coffee style sort of section at the beginning. We can turn up, uh, park your cars. Uh, we'll sort of do some rate my rides for the cars on. that turned up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, then we'll have a actual podcast recording, uh, which after that we'll uh, hang around and, and have a chat with everybody. Um, what I will say is because we are limited on space here, we can't literally have every single car that comes parked in the sort of rate my ride section or, or in, in the main sort of space. So when you log on to the event section, you'll see there is rate my ride parking. They're VIP spaces. So if you're looking to come along, get yourself some standard tickets, but then you also need to, if they're still available, buy yourself a VIP Rate My Ride parking space if you want your car to be considered for Rate My Ride. Somebody might be going, I don't want, like, I do not want Tony and Sam <laughs> to judge my car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so fine. So there's actually a huge multi-story car park 50 meters from where the event will be taking place. Uh, so you'll be able to get into there and use that for the whole morning free. So do not stress if you, you know, don't want to or, or, or choose to just turn up and not have your car rated as part of the Rate My Ride section. That's uh, fine as well. Some people get the train and bus as well, mate. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. A couple of people came last time, didn't they? A train, from train far. And bus. One really come from Scotland. I know. What a legend. On, a, on, a, on like a mega bus. No, uh, no. On a train, On a train. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so we're super excited. This is the first. This is going to be mega. Two huge events in September, which will hopefully then pave pave the way, pave, pave the way for even bigger events. Maybe Wembley one day. Are we going to Europe? Uh, well, yeah, you keep saying this. Yeah, I don't think anyone is going to Europe anytime soon. Like, But people want us to go, mate. They keep saying, I wish you'd come to our country. Well, fingers crossed at some point, but hashtag COVID doesn't feel like it's happening anytime mm. soon. So I feel like we should stop teasing that because oh. I think it's an unrealistic aspiration. This for, year. for this year. For this year. Yeah, for this year. For this year. Yeah. Wem- Wembley first, then Europe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then also we need to announce, this is why it's annoying you're here, Paul, because <laughs> you're just interrupting our whole admin section. Just turned up. We're going on a summer break. Oh. A bit like the Formula One season. Where are we going? Well, nowhere. Oh. <laughs> but season four, series four of the podcast is going to come to an end and we're going to disappear for a few weeks. When did it start? Um, so like at the beginning of the year, about a year, no, about well, not a year ago, maybe nine months ago. It's when we moved into STGHQ. Because you just, I think you just make the seasons. I do, up. I do. Oh, <laughs> you don't? I do. I use them just to. Oh, I just I'm pretty sure the Friends producers also made the series up as well. It's okay. what happens when you're in control of it, Tony. Okay, fair enough. There was actually so, so series one was when we really started it, and it was a bit all over the place, and you weren't always on, on part of it. Series two was during Drive the World. Series three was in the old studio and series four has been here at STG HQ. Okay. But we've done something ridiculous. We've done like 35 episodes like that for series I know, four. Yeah. So we're going to take a break. We'll be gone for, as I say, the majority of August. We'll be back with that first live event on the 5th of September. So that, that following week will be the first episode of series five, oh which God. is going to see a few changes. Nothing really. It will sound and look pretty much the same. It will look a little bit different, but I'm not going to say anything more than that. Um, so yeah, so... <laughs> not uh, even to me. No, no, no. It's better. The Just less you know, it's the, the better. Okay, fine. The less you know, the better. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, that's been a huge amount of admin. I feel like we've been recording for about three hours now, mainly because Paul interrupted halfway through. But I've ruined it quite a lot. You have ruined quite a lot, really throwing us off our flow. But like anyway, most you- things in your life. <laughs> <laughs> but at least my journey here was fine. Good. Because if I know. left an hour, uh, an hour later, I'd have been stuck in traffic. 
Well, that's what we're hoping. You would have been on time. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get into a proper show, shall we? With, as I say, Paul Wallace, our guest for this (laughs) Yeah, sound more enthusiastic, Sam, please. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Tony. Hello. What have you been up to? Well, I've been at work. I mean, anything exciting been happening at work? Not really, mate. Same old draining and normal crap every i was gonna swear but i can't swear it's family show yeah, yeah, yeah. um no same old thing no mate. i'll tell you what happened he told me the other day he oh, sold no. his van and, oh, na- and now he's driving around in a ranger raptor it's downstairs yeah it's so, <laughs> it's so cool. cool it's so cool I, i've always thought those things look absolutely mega and then driving down today i, I arrived and it parked up and coming from behind <laughs> uh, it, yeah, <laughs> it looks so impressive it, it has road presence well i mean i knew it was big when i picked it up but I knew it was really big because I was driving back in it and I was going down a motorway. And normally when, when you're coming towards a car that's in front of you, it was a Range Rover, they normally get bigger as they get as you get towards them. This was getting smaller, this Range Rover. <laughs> as I was driving towards it, it just got smaller and smaller and smaller. I mean, it's huge. It's got really, I mean, it's obviously not as big as the F-150 Raptor no. in America. They are generally the size of a house. Um, but for European roads, the Range Raptor looks... It's, a yeah, it's, it's properly cool as properly well. Cool. Like, yeah. So yeah, you yeah. swapped out the the daily whip or the what would you call that the workhorse? But what's been happening with stock? Because like, how's the market? Is it still so hard right now? Well, <laughs> well, I did briefly say something in a chat the other day that I think it's softening off in terms of I don't think it's increasing at the level it was. Um, it's definitely not going down at the moment, and and I and I don't think that'll happen easy until. March, April next year. And when it does, I think it will be steady. I don't think it will be a a sharp decline. I think it will just steadily come back down. But I think it's probably plateaued out as in, you know, there's quite a lot of newish cars, mate, that are really close to list what you pay new for them. So... And there are things for going for big overs again, I think. Like, yeah. you know, mm. new GT3s, a couple have come come around now, Amaris, Romans, for what, two seventy, two eighty, three hundred thousand pounds £300,000? Yeah, but initially, I mean, they always do go, the GT products and Ferraris and a lot of cars, they'll be STOs and that, when the Black Series become, the early ones will, it's speculative, isn't it? they will put them up for stupid, stupid money. It's what they sell for. Correct. That's the most important thing. Um... Romans put a car up the other day, didn't they? The white car. The white car, yeah. Yeah. No one knows what they sold it for because it was POA, which actually does annoy me a little bit, (laughs) POA. Because you can't read the market? mm, Yeah. I mean, it's not really my market, but if you're advertising a car for sale, it's obviously over. Just put the price. Like, who cares? But, like, did, but th- did they want, like, blind bids? Did That's they just I mean, want yeah. people I to think inquire? so, yeah. And they just go, well, tell me how much you'd pay for it and yeah. we'll let you know whether it's yours. Yeah, but then have they have they actually wrote a check for it? You know what I mean? Or or, or, or is it just a spectacle? So well. Yeah. Mm. I don't like POA, to be I honest. Think, I think it would be too hard to write a check for it <clears> as a business. Correct. Yeah. what's it worth? Yeah. That's it's a massive yeah. risk to write a check for 200 grand because you see two on the market for 275 and 300 thinking you're going to make 50 when actually someone's going to come along and be like well actually it's only the 25, 30 grand over list and you've just lost 25 grand. Yeah, from a dealer point. If you're that buyer who's theoretically flipped your slot or your allocation you're doing it to to max out the money right? I guess that's why you're doing it. Yeah, because you're also ripping up a 
relationship with Porsche. For mm. sure. So you're not yeah. you're not going to sell on to a dealer for just a 10, 20k profit if they're no. then going to join sell it for another 50 or 60k. So yeah, a bit of a weird one, but I, I think we've spoken a lot how over the last 18 months or so or 20, 24 months, that sort of isn't really happening anymore. You know, these big overs for these yeah. limited or new exciting no. cars. But actually we're kind of seeing sort of the opposite at the moment and maybe it's going to cool off or maybe it is cooling off, but there's definitely hype, I think, from the just standing back and watching point of view in some of these cars. What's, is the STO, is that a customer delivery is happening now? Yeah. So Are I, they? Well, I, I, pretty, have, I have some information on it, actually. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Come on, Sam. I don't know if I'm going to... No, I'm going to tell everything. You don't have to... <laughs> <laughs> I was about to give Drop you an out there. Right is this where we just wheel ourselves no. out? See you later, guys. No, this is when I cut this part from the episode <laughs> so that we don't get sued. <laughs> I was going to give you an out. I was like, you don't have to name names. And before I could even say that, you're like, nah, screw it. So go on then, Tony. No, I'm not going to name names. I'm just going to say, uh, so Lamborghini would normally get a demo car. It's odd because they all just get a first car regardless. They're all pre-sold, but but they're kind of not specced by the customer, right. essentially. Lamborghini spec them. I'm Lamborg- pretty sure it's correct. Like, the, either the UK or, or the factory spec them. Correct. Okay. So the factory spec these cars. So however many Lamborghinis dealers they are, they all get one STO that's been spec'd. They can, they can sell it to a customer straight away, um, but the customer doesn't get to pick the spec. They're just... Premeditated specs, or, or they can use it as a as a sort of demo or an enticement car. Is that yeah, the they of- don't know, do they? Because they can sell it well. <laughs> but, no. but also, don't they want customers that have orders on these cars to drive them? Well, STOs, you'd think that they should be able to sell them, right? Especially the first ones. You would sort of assume so, but it's it's an ex- it's extreme. It's a lot of money and things like that. So. Yeah, but normally big, like expensive cars, GT cars, Pistas, they don't pre-make cars for people to just look at. Mm. They kind of make them for customers. Um, it's like going into a sofa shop and being able to buy a sofa that's already in the shop that people have sat on, right? Uh, mm, sort of. But yeah. is, so is the thought there, let's just get some physical cars to the market now. Like we'll spec them up, we'll deliver them to the dealerships, yeah. just so people, and then everyone else Because COVID orders. is different in the sense that it's completely transformed the way that cars come to market now. I've done it with the Perth though, mate. I've done exactly same the same thing? with the Perth. Yeah, oh, so, did they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they all got one car. So what happens is what Lamborghini normally do, it's really odd. They've all had the car like June or July and then the factory shuts now. Yeah. And then the customer cars start coming in September. But the first, the first cars, the first batch... And then they can sell them straight away. So there are some early cars in the country now. There have been a couple of cancelled orders, though. <laughs> well, in, that, that doesn't surprise me at yeah. all. Don't get so he's so excited about that. How many SF, did, how many SF90s got cancelled? Yeah, so yeah, no, why does no, that no. make you stop? How many yeah. GT3s are getting flipped? Calm down, yeah, mate. But what I'm saying is, is that they haven't even sold the early cars. So what are they going to do now? Good. Why? <laughs> Why are you... Fo- okay, just let's so put a some... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's down put some perspective on this. Why are you foaming at the mouth so much that... Do you know what STOs- it is? I, I know what it is. He's a secret Lambo fanboy, right? No. Yep. It's a lie. What he's trying to do is dent the market and basically say, you can't... No one's buying them. No one's buying them to try and get cancelled orders so that he can get one on the cheap because I know he wants one. I know he wants one as well. He keeps oh, denying it, but yeah. he definitely wants one. He does want one. Well, I blatantly said the other week that I would have one at the right money. <laughs> yeah, which you're trying to manipulate yourself right now. Well, I'm, I'm YouTuber now. <laughs> <laughs> 
There we go, everyone. So basically, moving forward. We got to the bottom of it. <laughs> moving forward. Never listen to a word Tony's saying. Because he's probably just trying to manipulate the price or something so that he can buy either personally or just, you know, all the stock that there is in the UK. I finally because, learned what the internet does. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I know how excited you've been about that car and I know how much you like the idea of it. And you seem so desperate to sort of knock it or rip it out and say, no one's going to buy it. They never sell any. And, and now it makes a bit more sense. I no, 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 no. I was, so there's two, as far as I knew, there's two in the market, right? That, that you can physically go and buy. I'm not, I'm not going to go and give list one because I've got my fingers burnt on the Perth, okay. obviously. But when I was at Goodwood, like you I said to you- You kept it. Well, I still would have done a load of money, Paul. Yeah, but you'd have enjoyed it for three years more. Three years more? It was only out three years ago. I had it for two. Did you have it for two years, that done car? 9,000 How long miles. was it for sale for there? <laughs> not long. What did, you what did you sell it for? 170. Yeah. Which is not much more. That It's probably worth 180 now. Yeah. 185. It's a weird one because obviously I'm starting to see a lot of stuff about the s online. I think there's been some some reviews, uh, some other YouTube reviews, some, some car journalist reviews, uh, and also different specs, different cars popping up from different areas. So... That's why I was a little bit confused because, yes, dealers seem to be facilitating content. Some customer cars have been turned up at Goodwill, I think, in Correct. the car park. So I was a little bit thrown as to what exactly was going on. But but I think, okay, so now it makes a, a bit more sense. And actually, you know what? It's a semi-clever idea. It is, yeah. If you've got a sort of special, exciting car, why not build a whole load and just get them out to all your dealerships? For sure. Whether it's to entice future customers or whether it's to sell early stock, whatever it might be, it's, it's really not a bad Bad idea at if all. You sell them all. If, if okay. you, calm, if calm you sell them all. Calm down. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, this week or the week that's just been, uh, we were talking about this briefly off air. I had my first Subaru Impreza experience. So oh. that video would have gone out now by by now on the on the main channel. And I'll be honest, like you know, not a word I've ever engaged in you know growing up me and my friends it was all european stuff you know we were in golfs and Bentleys. Oh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> range rover <laughs> <laughs> you caught me out there <laughs> ferraris <laughs> I was trying to think, well, what, did, what did the cleaner have no, I'm, joking. <laughs> I'm joking uh golf mcgann's clears you know ford ka's was it ford ka or ford car uh, I'd say KA. Yeah. And then that, that did, you know, evolve into BMWs, Audis, etc. So I never had the opportunity to be around that whole JDM scene, to drive the cars or to lust after them. And also like the whole rallying thing kind of went over my head a bit because that was the Schumacher era. So. I don't think it was your era, mate. I think it was more my era that... That JDM, well, yeah, or maybe. Impreza. I mean, I, I, I so. guess because it was all the kicking off, sort of mid to late nineties. Would mm. you say? Yeah. So by the time I was passing my test, or at least getting really excited about road cars, that's two thousand and five ish. Probably long gone. So when what the was, German cars started to get prob- good, uh, that probably was when Fast and Furious really started to kick off. Yeah, of course, Fast and Furious was you know sh- shone a the, light, yeah, but but only- still. You know, I think I was like... Need for Speed, Underground. Mm. What, a, what a game. I was a Gran Turismo guy. Oh, of course yeah. he was. Following, <laughs> following the lines. Yeah. <laughs> Hitting the apex. When was that, 2005? Uh, no, no. Uh, Gran Turismo was 99, I think. Yeah. Gran Turismo won, so a long time ago now. Oh, I was out ploughing then. <laughs> you ploughing a pillow, mate. Um, so, long story short, I didn't really know what to expect 
And this thing, okay, 22B is like the pinnacle, right? Like it doesn't get better for Impreza. There are a million iterations of Impreza mm-hmm. and you could probably have find a fan base for each one and people to say why that one's the best. But I think it's commonly regarded that 22B is, it is the pinnacle. For sure. yeah. It was unbelievable. Have you drove one? <laughs> no. But you drove the Evo, the Mackinac edition Evo, I did, right? I did, so that, and, I, and I did really enjoy that. Same owner. So the car that uh, I drove, I mean, Richard his, Groves. Co- his collection is unbelievable. Really? Unbelievable. So yeah. he came on that podcast to do the Modern Classic special when you were away that week. Oh. So he owns two 22Bs, an actual Subaru WRC rally car from the McRae era. And at one point he had a Tommy Mackinac edition. Yeah. And that's wow. what I wanted to pick your brains about. Because for me, the 22B, the, the part that was most fun about it was how much it wanted to just keep pushing on. When you shifted the gears, you were always in the torque range. Yeah. So you'd be like, yeah, and then you'd find a gear and you'd be thrusting yourself along the road. And it, that was so exciting to me. It felt so aggro. Richard said that the Tommy McInerney edition didn't have the same urgency to it. Correct. Did you did you like it? Did you enjoy it? Uh, you you want to pick my brains on it? Well, a little bit. Because <laughs> <laughs> no. I hasn't like, got any I brains. Wasn't, I wasn't even supposed to be here and I don't have any brains. <laughs> no, but now you're here, I'm trying to, trying to be a productive trying host and utilise you. Oh, yeah. Because in the collector's world, in value world, these are the two cars that are flying. Okay, R34 Skyline as well. Oh, that's ridiculous. But but those th- th- those three, I would say. So R34 okay. GT- GTR, Tommy Mackin Edition, and the 22B are going through the roof in value. 22B is the rarest. I think Tom- Tommy Mackin probably made the most of them. Uh, yeah, they probably made the most, and it's not as valuable as the 22B. Not not after what you told me they're going, what they're going for, that 22B. But some of the GTRs, though, because they did all the V-spec. Correct. In there, and then they did, they did so many variants, again, of GTR. There will be some of those in there which will be insanely valuable. The V-spec valuable. was the one to have. V-spec 2, right? Correct. And so I think, so I've driven I've driven Skyline, and I've driven now 22B. I haven't driven Mackin Edition, and that's the one I've been talking about <laughs> the longest for on this channel. So... Finally, let's get around to it. <laughs> what were your thoughts? I drove that car pretty much from 6am to about 6pm because it was part of the Michelin um, road trip. It was... Other tyre brands are available. <laughs> <laughs> it was not a good motorway car, but I did a lot of miles from like Gatwick. There was a lot of road closures. I had to get from about Gatwick to Goodwood and I absolutely hammered it on the B roads. And you know, like the cliche, oh, they don't make them like they used to. <laughs> it was really like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to compare a Yaris GR to this Evo Mackinac, I mean, it was an absolute machine. Yaris would be faster than the real world. Well, you know what? No, so, so Evo did a comparison. They did Audi Quattro, uh, one of Richard's 22Bs, and the GI Yaris when it launched. It's not as nice as day as you really? think. I followed one in here, actually. A GI Yaris, yeah. yeah, they're starting to knock around quite a bit. Yeah, um, but got two in stock. Y- you, <laughs> please, love, please you, buy it. <laughs> you love to say how modern cars are quicker or better, and, and in a lot of the cases they are, but we've got to remember, you know, similar, you know, th- uh, we talked about it before, 22B, it's not the sort of amount of horsepower they to proclaim so about 300 horsepower they are light cars four-wheel drive again so two litre engine though not i think it's 2.2 in the 22b yeah hence the you know even being, <laughs> even physically being Bit of knowledge for you there, <laughs> well done, boy. able to feel the engine revolutions when you're driving it through the seat is something that you just don't get in a modern car now mm. so the fact that these cars are going for crazy money and increasing in value there's parts of petrol heads probably from our era maybe a little bit older that are just They've earned their money now and they want these cars that were their childhood poster cars. They've seen them in the movies for whatever reason. Maybe they followed Rally or whatever. 
they want them in their collections. But these cars, most of them are actually being driven. There's a couple that are in collections, but these are being driven because they are just so engaging to drive. And on the road, something I always knew but hadn't experienced was, you know, how just good they are, how usable they are on the road, how fun they are on the mm. road. They, you know, in comparisons to, you know, of that area, 360s, 355s, whatever you might be looking at, you're low, it's wide, it's hard to see out of, it's loud, it's shouty, you know, all these different things where... Well, at least in the Subaru, you, you sort of sit up quite tall. You've got great visibility. It feels really nice and nimble on the road, but also quite soft. It wasn't too hard. So the Mac Edition, did you kind of go into that ha- with any expectations? Because I'm assuming, like me, you weren't massively into the JDM scene, right? Uh, not, not to the extent of even knowing too much about... Obviously, I knew the Mitsubishi Evos and I knew the iterations of them. I didn't know too much about that particular edition, even though we'd met him. Yeah, yeah. We, we've met him. Um, no, no, no. We met H- Hervenen. We didn't oh, met. Close. That, you're thinking Tommy Mackinnon. Have we met Tommy Mackinnon? Yeah. No, no, we met. We did the mini thing with Hervenen. Oh, uh, okay. Another Finnish guy. <laughs> Same thing? Kovalainen. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Just start throwing out Finnish names. Anyway, keep going. So I went in with very little knowledge or expectations, which is probably the best way to do it. Because the moment you go in with expectations, then tend to... I think that was the same with me with that 22B. You know, maybe a Subaru fan would have been like, I can't believe it. I was like, yeah, it's going to, it's 1998, eight, that car. Mm. I was like, it's going to feel old. (laughs) And and I was like, oh my God, I need one. (laughs) It was really. (laughs) Was it better than your 360? Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Arguably arguably quicker. I think (laughs) the main, the main comparison between the two from what I can remember is that the Evo is a lot more laggy than the Impreza. So all the power, nothing would happen and then a load, it just dump a load of power. Whereas the Impreza, like you said, it would it would keep pulling because of the flat foot. Was yeah. Insane, yeah, yeah, and I think that was the main difference. You'd get a real big kick from the Evo, whereas the Subaru not so much because of the torque. From what I remember, that's the diff. That was the difference between the two. So I reckon low mileage examples of all three. Okay, twenty two B. No, not so. Essentially. 150 grand, I reckon, mm. all three are, are now costing. In various versions, you could probably find a cheaper Mackinac edition. You could probably find a more expensive 22B and a Skyline. You think the they're all the same money? But they're all, I think you could get all, all th- three, each of them for 150 grand. That's a high mileage 22B. That's a very low mileage Mackinac edition. And the GTRs, as I said, I don't know the breakdowns of all the bit like a V-Spec 2, I think would probably be something around. Oh, 150 grand. for the three, you mean? No, no, no. no, no, no each, each of them. Oh my God. 150 yeah. grand. So my question being, which one would you have? And then I'm going to ask you a flip on that in a second, which I know the answer to. So I, I would have the 22B because growing up, I always liked Subarus more than the Evos and the Nissans. Um, and I had a couple of Subarus, as you know. So I would go 22B. I, th- I think purely based on visuals, because that's basically how I buy my cars, obviously with the most We well, can see that. <laughs> Skyline. You see, I think I would pick the Skyline, but having driven the 22B, it, it does pull me away a bit but the skyline there's something a bit more i don't know iconic maybe yeah. it's just something about it but then the flip of that is or would you have a 996 gt3 rs no 996 gt got to be the same era no same money surely i'll tell you what they probably are yeah 150 grand again yeah the where does oh. this where does the challenge Shadali sit it's a bit later 2004 okay so GT3 RS was what, 2003? Mm. Still, I mean, there wasn't anything really before that is what I'm trying to, like 993, what, uh, GT2? That's too extreme, isn't it? What I'm trying to say is the uh, European equivalent from that era for 150 grand. Yeah, but 
they're not they're they're like ex rally cars. They're not really sports cars, mm. are they? Like they're semi homologation. So like, you much know. money, but 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 they're but they're also great road cars. Like, yeah, I didn't think the twenty two B felt twenty years old. It's no, more no. than that. It's twenty three years old. I, I didn't think it felt that old, and I think it felt more usable, more enjoyable, and more subtle. Weirdly, on the road, even though it's that iconic bright blue, uh, than a European equivalent from that era. Mm. And you know, value wise, I think they're going to keep pushing up. Whereas a 996 3RS, okay, fine, I'm going to go back a generation before 993, as I say, what? Are they leveling out now? Is the JDM scene blowing up? Are collectors suddenly... I, I still think it's just, I, th- I think it's the, the good collectible examples that will continue to rise in, in, in any... Correct. Whether it's European yeah. or JDM, I yeah. think they'll continue to rise. You'll see different examples come to market, some maybe with a dotted history or whatever yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. like and then all of a sudden you'll be like oh why yeah. is that 30 grand cheaper for yeah. whatever reason yeah it's like it's like when i use the carrera gt i i, I don't think in general they're ever going to get to a million quid but, but some examples will will a will a yeah. will a, a, a 900 mile car with full Porsche history and a uk car get to a million quid properly yeah it was like that Not McLaren f1 that came to the market was still with the plastics and everything correct something like that yeah yeah and i had this example. conversation the other day really interestingly with dk and i hope they don't mind me revealing this conversation that when a car gets to around the 650 or 700 mark it will always go straight to a million yeah okay. because at that level when you're buying it makes such little difference at the 700 mark to a 900 mark yeah. or an 800 mark to a 950. Like it's all much of a muchness. If you can afford to buy a car at 750 odd thousand pounds, you probably can afford to buy but it. They have got to be proper examples. Though, oh, of course. Always, always the best. Yeah, you see yeah. it with their 40s, right? They're on yeah. that sort of bubble. You get some amazing versions at 1.2, 1.3 yeah. and some dogs at 800. So, yeah. you know, there's, there's a wide band. But I thought that was an interesting point to make. Similar equivalent of a 75 grand to 100 grand, right? Mm. That's a wide bracket that most people, if they're looking at a 75 grand car, could might probably, probably stretch, stretch up. Yeah. Exactly. And especially financing, it's very rare that, I mean, actually maybe a million pounds, maybe they're all cash buyers. I don't know, because I've, I've never been and I've had a million pounds then in my pocket to go from and buy my conversations car. with Carl Hartley, it's very rare that they're still paying cash for it. Yeah. Because you can make the money that you're using work harder he used a great example on a Veyron Supersport where the value of the car is likely to increase 5% over a two-year period. So actually borrowing the money, making the money that you would have spent cash doing something else, you'll make more money when you come to sell that Veyron because you've invested that money. You finance this money, and when you come to sell it... It's but what pro- are you financing? The, the car money, you mean? Yeah. Well, then if it's, if it's gone up 5%, the interest is going to be 5%. There's, I don't get, me personally... Um, I don't get why people finance investment cars unless they're going up a lot of percent. Not 5% is not enough because to borrow the money would cost 3, 4, 5%. So I think I think that was an example just to own a Bugatti Veyron yeah. without it costing any money, but yeah, still yeah, yeah. using the money that you would have spent cash with something else and that, not tying that, it up. I think that's that, that would be my thought and, and all of our how can with you, Tim over the years. It's... Your money's just not tied yeah. into one asset. How can you predict, no. oh, I'll finance this car because it's going to go up 20 But it's not an investment then. You're, you're kind of, you've got the car and you're using it for, no, it's not an investment. You're not losing any money, but you're not making any money. Investment to me is, yeah, but the it, money is that making you, money. The money set aside that you would have spent if you paid cash for a Veyron, for example, is probably what, 900 grand? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Probably the, more. Use that 
to get to do something to, else. to gain twenty percent. Fair or enough, but don't forget, there's also a monthly payment that you could do with use with something else as well. By the way, mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah, yeah. which you could spend on a at that point a couple of nice houses, which would easily return you more than five percent if you rented them out. So I, I don't. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's just personal preference at that point. If you want to personal preference, the car because you want to use it or you can't drive a house. Do you know what I mean? At that point... Sleep in a car, can't drive a house. (laughs) (laughs) You can rev a car, but you can't rev a house. I bet you've tried. (laughs) (laughs) Exhaust expert on my flat. Uh, So anyway, well, look, yeah, interesting... Uh, interesting sort of view, I think, of the market. Say that this sort of gaining appreciation or values for the Japanese cars and definitely mm. the rare ones, and obviously a lot of them didn't actually even come over to Europe initially or the UK initially. So there's sort of an import. Do you think the uh, the fact that these skylines are now becoming available or like legal in America? Yeah, that always makes a huge difference. Yeah, so yeah twenty five years, twenty five yeah. years, and, and there's often a big sort of talk. And actually, you can if you look over and bring a trailer, which is the American collecting cars or collecting cars is the European bring a trailer. I don't know how you view that, <laughs> um, but there's a lot of chat about this because they keep an eye on things like Audi RS twos or or yeah, a lot of the Japanese cars. At, at what point they can import them yeah. into the US, and yeah. then that does skyrocket values because they're desperately trying to find these cars and bring them in, um, and they're legal to use. So yeah, it's, it's a really interesting time, I think. And yeah. Um, uh, you know, it, there will be cars there that you could make a lot of money on in that in the sort of mm. Japanese scene. You know, things. What was the one that I drove? There was a Civic Type R. So you're telling um, me I need to just sit on my GTR? <laughs> no, it was too many. Of I, I, I think yours maybe. Unfortunately, my I friend. I think you're going to have to sit <laughs> on it. <laughs> there is another comparative, by the way. The Ford scene, so the the old nineties and two thousand Sierra Cosworth and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, especially the RS five hundred. They are through. The, they're like them twenty. I think they've been going for a while. Yeah, they? but they, do they, they don't have the same US desire, do they? I don't think they're. No, st- it's they're European. As pop- yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you know the market. Yeah, Some, somewhat. 
but I think that you know they, they've been popular amongst British collectors, European Europeans, exactly yeah. for for a while. So I just I just feel like it's the the this uh, push on values for some of these Japanese cars has been in the last two or three years. Yeah, you know, it's gone okay. absolutely insane. So yeah. a newer thing. Um, well, I'm just having a look. Well, let's come on to our main topic for the day. I was going to tease what I was. I was going to tease what I was doing this week. Let's go on to it. Well, it's all right. Okay, it's going to take a couple of minutes. Tomorrow, <laughs> picking up a 992 GT3. Are you? Yeah. PDK or manual? Manual, interestingly. Oh, not interested. No, I know you're not. But actually, I don't. Th- so, okay, so here's my thing. So I'm, I'm taking it to Wales for the week. So I'm doing a road trip in it for a week. It's amazing. Uh, well, the weather's going to be absolutely <laughs> atrocious. So it's going to be a nightmare. Be in the sea. Now, obviously, as we know, touring and standard GT3, no difference, right? You just mm-hmm. lose a wing. That's mm-hmm. li- uh, no cost difference, and you just literally lose, lose some aero. And in my head, for 991 generation, I would always want the manual touring. Mm-hmm. But since I drove that PDK GT4, I'm like, actually, hold on a sec. As things move forward, maybe PDK would be right. So essentially, what I'm testing in my brain is the possibility of a manual touring 992. Because that's, so for me, do I want the PDK or do I want the manual? So it doesn't make a difference that I've got a wing on the back of the car that I'm taking next week. Fair enough. My main test, because the GC3 is not going to be bad. I'm not going to get in that car and go, oh, this is the worst GT3 <laughs> they've ever made. My question is, like with the GT4, PDK is actually PDK the, the right choice mm, now yeah. moving forward? You know? I'd be interested, actually. Do you remember what the previous GT3 drove like? Yeah. You remember? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting to, if you can tell any real difference. I know it's got different suspension. It's got a uh, rose joint at the front, the, the new car. It'd be really interesting to see how much you think are differences be- between the two. And that's why I'm super keen to do what I'm doing, which is I say spend, spend a week in here and, and take it on some, I'll take it on a road trip, not just to a track, which yep. obviously is where GT3 is supposed to be. But that's why I'm intrigued by the manual as well for all these reasons, because, you know, I so obsess over the touring and I've probably driven more manual 991.2 GT3s than PDK cars. So I'm super intrigued, super excited. I will report back on it mm. next week's episode, which, as I say, will be the final episode before summer break. Um, but yeah, so anyway, I, I just I sort of had to get it off my chest because, well, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> excited <laughs> I, for I, you. I think the more customer specs we're seeing, whether that be in the UK, in the flesh, or across Instagram... I love that car more and more. Yeah. When, it came, when it came out, I was like, hmm. We've always loved it. Still looks chunky, doesn't it? Those well, 992s yeah, are just I mean, chunky. Yeah, I like that. You yeah. like it, don't you? Yeah, 992s so. are chunky, though. And do you know what? Have you not noticed, in modern cars in general, last few years, couple of years probably, haven't they become more bespoke now, the specs? Mm, yeah. As in, mm. these manufacturers have really gone in on... PTS cars and ad persona cars and we've and spoken about that a bit before, cars. you know, yeah. and, and they're actually opening up the, the really Porsche exclusive up. program here in the UK. Mm. Uh, and we've spoken about the fact that nowadays, I think as cars blend into each other, people want to be able to put their personality into the car. They want to be able to create something unique and bespoke, yeah. whether that's at a level of a Koenigsegg or yes, even Audi exclusive paint on your yeah. RS6. Mm. Like we are seeing it more and more because that's the thing. If you want a car, you want to be able to go another level. You want these extra services. You want to be able to put your, your touch on it and not just be in another grey Roma pulling up next to another grey Roma at the traffic lights. Yeah, you know, you and what that is as well, that, that's the manufacturer spotting what a huge business wrapping is. So yeah. what they're doing, they've done this with audio about 15 years ago, the manufacturer's right. So it all come with crappy speakers. And you'd have to put great big subwoofers and boxes in the back of your car. And then they thought, 
well, hold on a minute, we're going to get Bose and yeah. Bang & Olufsen and Harman Kardon and there's other manufacturers out there, as you quite rightly say. Name, <laughs> name's a good one, the Bentley. Oh, I, I, to one me, of my favourites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's got it, a picture I, in the Bentley. I think it's Nime. Just but, no, well, okay. <laughs> okay. Who invited him anyway? Uh, no one. <laughs> Literally no one. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I know I think they're doing that now with colours because they know that the wrapping scene is so big. I think they probably thought, well, hold on a minute. Well, look at Rolls Royce Black Badge. Yeah. Just, just on D-Chrome. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're not even yeah. looking at colours yeah, of yeah, paint. Yeah, yeah. You're right. It, it's seeing what the modification world. And actually, next week we've got a really interesting uh, guest, Mike from Motex, going to come along Is he? and talk a lot about this whole sort of side of things. This whole OEM plus the yeah. sort of modification scene. How we're seeing, you know, uh, brands like uh, is it Cupra or Seat that have teamed up with uh, ABT? Cupra. Cupra, mm. so Cupra ABT cars, like you know, so this is happening. Like you can you can order them with a remap. Yeah, which is insane. Yeah. So I, it'll be really interesting. We'll pick his brains on this. Actually, yeah, we so will, that'll yeah. be a fascinating topic. But um, anyway, so let's 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 wait and see. Uh, my Do <laughs> so I don't crash the GT3 next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want to know what I'm doing this week? If you're driving the GT3, <laughs> oh no, go on. <laughs> Not really driving a Speedtail. <laughs> Oh my God, you are driving a Speedtail. <laughs> Have you drove one yet? I haven't driven one. I was supposed to go to Geneva two weeks ago. I mean, that is, that is a, a huge crash. I am so intrigued by the experience. Like, because Whoa, I've nearly gone. I've nearly gone. <laughs> Be careful, that chair does like to tip back. I've nearly crushed Twiggy about four times. So I've spoken to two people who have had Speedtails or have Speedtails or have had and they've both been so horrendously unimpressed by that car. Derogatory. Really? Yeah, just like it's so weird. It's sort of the, 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 it's, it's the delay. What's it? The power output. No, not that. The way it delivers its performance is really bizarre. Not like any other McLaren. It's very sort of lengthy. Like they just haven't liked it. They've been like, it's a boring car. It's a weird, boring but, car. I mean, it's fundamentally built to go fast in a straight line. It's a long distance cruiser. It, yeah, it, it's like a hyper GT car. Exactly that. Mm. But well, anyway, I'm going to say anymore. We'll find out if people want to find out what the speed. Paul Wallace like. going fast in a straight line. All <laughs> <laughs> we can do. Don't, don't show him a corner. That'll be a crash. So let's get into our main topic for today. So you're going to have to think really fast on the spot here because it's one of the very few times Tony and I have pre-prepared for today's oh topic. God. And it's off the back of my rapid AMR experience. Actually, he's bringing up his list. Oh, I thought so he was going to start filming then. No. <laughs> so you're going to some Instagram stories. I'm just going to call the person that fought the list. Yeah. <laughs> so, off the back of my ra rapid AMR experience, which was essentially a car that I think has been overlooked over the years, maybe even forgotten, what other supercars or sports cars do we think are too often overlooked or forgotten? You know, slightly sort of strange iterations or examples, and I'll just name one here right now as an example, the 911 Turbo. Sorry if that's on your list, Tony. Not the Turbo S. Just the just Turbo. Turbo. A car that sometimes people overlook and forget is actually really, really impressive. Spot on the mile off with the red brake calipers. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. no everyone goes yeah. with the Turbo S. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, cars, like, and I think we've mentioned before in some of these most underrated cars, things like the RS7 and stuff like that. But I want to pick up on cars, I say, that are often overlooked or bypassed, and whether that's modern or old. Um, so, yeah, Tony and I have picked out about five cars each, and the patrons have suggested a whole lot of cars oh, we'll, cool. we'll look at. So, I won't put too much pressure on you, but we do want a couple of suggestions. <laughs> now you're here. Now you've forced your way into I've, this podcast. I've thought of one that might be somewhat predictable, but there are reasons behind it. Oh, I've got one. You kick off then. Go on. Aventador S. Oh, are you no, joking? It's not overlooked. It's not overlooked. Hold on. No one bottom. buys it anymore, but I don't blame them. No, no I think everyone does buy it, don't no, they? Not many people bought them. I think 
There's I, a reason for that. I think, <laughs> based on Shmi 150's calculations... So here we go. They must be right. At the end of the Aventador production run, they will be the rarest Aventador variant. Okay. Aventador S. Aventador S. Is that because if you were going to buy an S, you were probably an SV customer, and therefore what was the point? Most people would have bought Gen 1, yeah. gone into SV. Most people probably overlooked S because they had the special edition They SV. knew it was coming. And they knew it was coming. Even, a new one was coming. Yeah. But then as soon as the Aventador S came out, everyone that had the SV would have just gone, well, I'll just have the hardcore version of that. Yeah. The SVJ. Which yeah. was the SVJ. Yeah. But actually, S is a comfy, much more usable Aventador than any of the other ones. Because SVJ is so stiff mm. on the road. Even though it's got the four-wheel steer and a pretty decent single-clutch gearbox, the S is a usable the most usable Aventador yeah. that is overlooked by Aventador customers. Yeah. And I can input a little bit on that. I drove an SV and an Aventador S mm. on the same day. And the Aventador S was much better, literally because of the force forward steering straight away. I did a Lamborghini day at Millbrook where I drove Gen 1 back to back with S. Mm. And even through the most basic of slaloms, the steering input on the S versus the Gen 1 was night and day. Yeah. That it kind of completely disregarded my thought process that, oh, I'll just go and buy a Gen 1. It's yeah. basically the same car. Yeah. And so what has that done for values of the S? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. So, <laughs> Nothing at all. They're still really because, strong. Because, because, because no, no, really no, weak. No. <laughs> really weak. They're, they're, they're not great because... <laughs> no one wants them. For, for no one wants any car. For 15% more, you can buy an SV. So, but that's my whole point. So, so then actually, maybe you're right. I'm, I'm sort of trying to agree with you here a little bit because, like, the, you're right in that sense. If they're, if the values have dropped off, if people didn't really buy them at the time and people aren't still really buying them now, then believe it or not, you, you've actually hit the nail on the head with the brief where that is a car that's been, yeah, that's been kind of, it's exactly what I wanted to touch on. But I would never have thought that from a mm. non-Lamborghini nerd. That's not, I would have been like, oh my God, I see them everywhere. I mean, I, I do live in central London. <laughs> um, but I had no idea that it was kind of missed yeah. and that the values had fallen. So, so could you, you get an SV for the same money as an S? No, no. like a cheap SV is 240, 250. Mm. Right. And an S? A cheap S is, is 200. Oh, wow. It's odd, isn't it? Because you pay 50 grand more for a worse car. Yeah. Don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the S is definitely a better car. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so come on then, Tony. Start your list off. NSX. Honda. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're like, speaking to the white <laughs> crowd, Tony. Should I go now? <laughs> so, I actually didn't know whether to bring this up because we've spoken about this car so much on this show. Yeah. And literally today, they've announced they're doing a Type S. Yeah. Do you know this? So, yep. out, out in Pebble Beach for the US market, I actually think, it, I think they're doing... Is it There's 350, 350, 300 going to the US. And you're getting updated bumpers... Probably a little bit more power. I'm pretty sure a new interior as well. Yeah, that'd be needed. Um, and so this is the final edition, the final run of a car that has, from day one, been misunderstood, yeah. underappreciated, overlooked. And yeah. someone did a tweet saying, you know what, I think the NSX will be a little bit like the LFA in five or ten years. Not to say that it is an LFA-esque car, but people will look back at it and go, what a what a crazy thing mm. that was built. Like, what, like, go Honda for doing that, for pushing themselves to create such a that beep crazy car yeah. at that period of time that competed, as we've said, with 570Ss and things like that. R8. R8. Mm. Well, but more than an R8. It was so well, quick, that yeah. car. I did the video with the NSX. and I did a bit of research before, which is very unique for me with the video. Uh, but Honda bought a 911 Turbo, 
an Audi R8 and a Ferrari 458. Mm-hmm. Took them apart, drove them, did everything because yeah. they they were the cars that yep. they wanted to build the yep. NSX on. Yep. which are probably three of the best sports super sports car that you can buy in their be on the in, list in their price bracket back yeah. then at that time at that time um and then they went and built that spaceship mm. it's absolutely mad and of course it's let down by its badge in the sense where people are derogatory towards it and some of the interior build quality or the b- components that and the sat nav f- don't work exactly so the, so the honda <laughs> but parts it's reliable. of it yeah <laughs> reliable as hell and the bits probably don't break but they just feel like you know out of the Horrible. civic um but yeah unbelievably and it's a it's, hybrid. Yeah, like, that's yeah. the thing. Like, and a really usable hybrid. Yeah. Like third, 30 mile range. So comfy. Like you feel like you're in something special. You're low slung, seat on the ground. You're in a super, you know you're in a supercar. And then you can pull away and not make a noise. I think values may have recovered yeah. slightly. Oh, <laughs> well, they have. That's why I've not bought one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we say when they dropped below 100, we'd buy one on this podcast. We never did that. Um, but there were some lurking around at 75 or 80 grand at some the point. One, the one I drove was 80. They, uh, VVS had two people on it. And I was like, if they don't buy it, I'll swap the GTR for it. One of them bought it. Next time I checked Auto Trader, hundred grand. Yeah, mm. the, and th- maybe that's a reflection of the market more than the cars. That's the market. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. do tend to sit around for quite a while when they mm. do come to the market. But I mean, I was offered an insane deal on the facelift, the twenty nineteen facelift, I yeah. think, which was a grand in and nine hundred ninety five yeah, a month or something like that, mental. or five grand in and seven ninety five a month. I mean, oh, yeah. it was a piss take on mm. a brand new one hundred forty thousand pound NSX. Yep. I should have bitten someone's hand off, but I don't have the money. Um, <laughs> okay, so I will go, and I'm going to come at it with McLaren six fifty S. Oh, you! Oh, it was on my list because now I think you know people talk about twelve C. It was the first, and you know they're so cheap and blah blah. Yeah. And then obviously we've seen five seventy S's just absolutely barrel roll into just you know depressing, yeah. or, you know cheap values. Six fifty S's never really stooped that low, but also have just seemingly disappeared. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't see any on the roads anymore. No. You don't really hear anyone talking about them. You don't see them often advertised or listed. The coupes were insanely rare. Everyone bought so the Spiders because mm. they came out such a you know similar uh, period of but time. Also, it was probably the first car where a coupe and convertible performed exactly the same because McLaren and they didn't did make so them for very long either, did they? And then all you had to do is if you didn't want the roof down, you could just drop that rear window, yeah. and at least yeah. you heard the car. Yeah, so, so that's why no one bought the coupe. Mm. That's exactly it. So, so I mean, and still to this day, it's fairly pointless to pick the Spider, but yeah. it coupes are super super rare. And as I say, they sit at sort of 120, 130 for 650S, which we know for 10 or 20 oh, grand. Are they that much? Are they that much? No, surely no. not. I think they're like 100 up? grand, mate. I think they're sub 100. Yeah. In, Let's have in, a look. The, I, in the 80 to 100 grand price Me bracket. too, yeah. Let's have a the look. first time I drove 650S. No, not 80. That's that's uh, MP4. 12 soon. Yeah, yeah. But that's, but that's yeah, what yeah, I mean, maybe, I think, yeah. because the there's only 24 on Auto Trader. Yeah. The one that... Cheapest one is... 81 grand. With loads of miles on it. With, I told uh, you I spend all my time else? on auto trade. <laughs> you do. <laughs> 18,000 miles yeah. is, a, is 81 grand. It's been around the world. Was <laughs> <laughs> <Is> that your <laughs> <much>? uh, <laughs> 9,000 mile car, it's 100 grand. Yeah, yeah. That's um, Spider, 100 grand. Yeah. VVS got the th- Spider. The thing that I think a lot of people overlook, and it was basically my first ever experience and introduction into McLaren was I drove the 570S for a weekend. I took it back and said, that car is so fast. How do you call that 
your sports car. Correct. But how much difference does that make the 650S? Yeah. If, the, if that's the supercar. And they said, come back and I'll arrange it so that you can drive them back to back. I came back, I drove 570S, I drove it and I was like, this is still frighteningly fast. Came back, drove 650S. It genuinely felt like a hypercar. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. so different yeah. and so much faster than 570S. That video driving up a volcano in the McLaren, that yeah. was the exact same thing where I spent the whole morning in a 650S Spider and then we got to the top of the mountain and on the way back, I jumped in the 570 and Seb swapped in the 650. And I was like, oh my God, get me back in that 650. Yeah. It's, mm. a, it's a whole yeah. nother level. Like yeah, it's, yeah. it's miles above. So yeah, still overlooked, still for I actually I think. think it's got classier, more timeless design than the 570. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah agree. I think if we saw one now on the road, a 650, you'd be like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But in a year's time, when you see a 570S, you'd be like, well, the Archer is out. Mm. So... Uh, that money as well, why on earth are people buying 12Cs? Actually, I, I lie, why are they buying 12Cs? I actually like the look of a 12C. Yes, it's, um, it's their first road car since the F1. Exactly. Yeah. So so I, I see I see the point in that, but at 80 grand, okay, 90 grand, 100 grand, it's worth the extra bit of money for mm. the more slightly more up-to-date bits and bobs that McLaren stuck on a 650S. It's just a mighty impressive car. Yeah. Definitely over 570. Yeah. I'd pick a 650S over 570 at 100 grand mark, mm. personally. Yeah. Have you got another one for us, Paul, or...? Off the top of my head. I can throw to Tony if not. You can do it's, it. it's fairly niche, but I'll go Shelby GT350. Yeah. Is that a you still can't get it in the... In Is it, are, we, are we just talking about supercars? It's, well, there's no sports cars and supercars. Oh, okay. Cars. Oh, okay. But, but you still can't get that in the UK or Europe, can no, you? No, it's left-hand drive. It's probably 60, 70 grand. There are a few in the UK, which is why I'm talking about it. I've driven one in the US. I've driven one in the UK. Pretty much exactly the same experience. Obviously, manual. Mm -hmm. But for 60 grand, whilst the European competitors in that price bracket probably are better on paper and probably faster on track, you'll have so much more fun driving the Shelby. I think I'm going to disqualify you, though, because <laughs> your beer. In, in, <laughs> in America, of course, definitely not overlooked or, or disregarded or forgotten about, like uber popular. And it's not officially available here. It's a mm. bit like saying, oh, in the UK, they overlooked the F-150 Raptor. It's not for sale. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I get what you're saying. Yes, you can get one, but they're way overpriced to what they actually are. Like it's like Dodge Challengers. Yeah, that, you see Hellcats yeah. here for 120 grand. It's yeah. like Americans are literally pissing themselves with laughter. So at that point, you're being overcharged for something. You can't actually really get it. And therefore you're better off in a European counterpart that's probably half the price. Yeah, mm. I agree. So, yeah. hey, look, you come. It, Good car. It's off the top of your head. <laughs> and I agree, great car. But, but disqualify you from the list. <laughs> <laughs> Just like poor Seb on it. That's great. We'll get into that in the F1 podcast. Um, Tony, back to you then. Noble M600. Uh, you've Googled that. No, you've Googled that. Do you there even know is what that is? absolutely <laughs> no way you've come up with that off your own head. Actually, you have you Googled know that. I know someone who drove it and said it's basically a Ferrari F40 for a quarter of the price. That's a, oh, I never Googled so it. You, Do you know mate, what I did? Well, go on. <laughs> Went through auto trade and looked at it. Really <laughs> oh, that's fun. <laughs> I knew it. I was like, there's nothing that you said. I went, you know what I think is often overlooked and forgotten? <laughs> that, that is lovely. Uh, there's like one for sale. Mate, and it's, but it is so overlooked. Cool. I, think I think it's the only one that was There built. was at Geneva Motor Show in 2014. <laughs> it's still trying to be every year. And you know what else made me think of it? That Top Gear uh, episode they I did. I remember when they went to yeah. Italy and it broke Correct. down the side of the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what originally made me. And then I looked at the price of them. 
No, yeah, there was a different, different variation. There was different generations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that was the M600. They needed to. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, like fair. Like you're, you're right, but it's it's so yeah. But how much niche is and obscure? I didn't. You didn't even look at the ad. No, I looked. So you went on Auto Trader, <laughs> found a rare car, but didn't even no, do any more research. I looked. I looked noble. Saw M600 and thought, ah, oh, looked just quickly looked at the car. And thought, oh yeah, that's the one. Well, how much is it then? What engines it got? <laughs> it's got a Volvo engine. <laughs> <laughs> it's got it's got a Volvo engine and a manual gearbox a V8 <laughs> yeah it's true Paul Wallace no, I mean it's kind of true it's true let's move on <laughs> you just want to buy in for no, that no come gonna, on no, that, it's, a, it's a little bit like saying you know a car that's often overlooked is the touring Superleggera Disco <laughs> Volante you know it's like a bit rogue I have to say like wasn't I'm thinking I'm trying to think a little bit more mainstream we've done well with the NSX we've done well with the 650S and the Aventador we've done well with the Aventador, the Aventador S so I'm going to come at it with don't all kill me at the same time California T. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Did you own one? Did you have no. a Cali T? No. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Normal you one. Normal Cali, which is even one. worse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so hold on a sec. Why do you say worse? Like, what is bad about the California T? Well, it, I think the only thing that the California had going for it was the sound, right? Like... Everything else, it was supposed to be Maserati, wasn't it? Yeah, but then you're going down the 488, 458 route, like, oh, it doesn't sound as good. Well, what, the normal California. The, the, yeah, the V8 yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was a pile of shit, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mate, honestly. Okay, so... But, in, but against V12 DBS when it came out, it performed better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Cali T, I mean, okay, it looked slightly better. I feel like the Portofino is miles better. The Portofino miles, is miles, miles, be miles yeah. better. Um, yeah. No, okay. I don't have anything it's, else. It's an awful Ferrari, right? Let's come mm. out and say that. It's, it's one of the worst. It, yeah. it should be a Maserati and it was supposed to be. Correct. It, it's not a Ferrari. But as a car, take the Ferrari badge away and all the expectations you get with that. It's actually a good car. Mm. It's a hard top convertible, good car that is fast. It does still sound good. Yes, it's not naturally aspirated. Yes, it's that engine we've seen in a million forms in Ferraris. But it just does, does still stand, sound good. You do still get the Ferrari key that you can lay on the table somewhere and try and impress people. It's easy to use. We've actually done that. It's got, yeah, it it's, it's got, it's got with Shane Kelly. Not with his key. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely not the 360 key. Um, it's got a relatively good boo. It's easy. Like, okay. It's a good car that I think people often are like, Ugh, Do you like, know what you should have said instead of California T? Lusso T. No, 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 no. I, yeah. I think you should have said Portofino. No, but it's not. I don't think it's overlooked at all. I think, oh, they're, I I think they're selling like hotcakes. I think people are buying them. Low. I see them all over London. Oh, I, I think Lus I think Lusso T is more overlooked because you can get the V12 version, which mm. everyone's buying. And who wants a rear-wheel drive Lusso? Well, you, it, you drove one. Insane, mm. nuts, but not the car I would ever buy because. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's isn't that the whole point of an overlooked car? Yes, no, no. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> We're now getting lost in the technicalities. Just to disqualify you. Just you. Rules <laughs> up, just, no, no, you can't win. He's no, right. No, your right. ideas, rubbish. Your ideas, rubbish. Here's mine. <laughs> Welcome to the behind the glass podcast. Paul, you finally figured out how this works. Um, but no, but the, my, I just don't want to give on that Cali T argument just yet because I just think that it's. It's poo-pooed by Ferrari people like uh, like me, like, but, but general car people going, oh, it's a crap Ferrari. But I actually think it's an all right car. And I actually think of that money, you're okay. hard pushed to find a convertible. I don't even think how much, how much is it? This could sway my entire 
decision on I'm whether you say should be disqualified Palite. or not. I'm going to say 90 grand, 80, 80 90, 90 grand. It's pretty good value, actually. I was going to say, like, what else can you get that money, which is that exotic or lets you into that owner's club um, that performs like it does, that does everything it needs to do? Like, you're hard Vanquish. Push. No, Vanquish. Just a nice, late ZF. Yeah, fair. Z, ZF gearbox Vanquish. Yeah. No, I've got one. Go on. Go on. FF. Not over. I wouldn't say overlooked. I really? Think. Yeah, I think still highly regarded. Really? Per, per, pretty personally. Cool. Do I, d- really? I don't think yeah. it's overlooked. No, I don't know, mate. Is it not I overlooked now? Might not have been back then, but it is now. Great value for money again. We're yeah. talking about cars again, you know, 90 grand for a four-seat V12 Ferrari, but... No. I would say FF is a better shout than a Cali T, because oh, yeah. if we're talking about overlooked good sports cars, FF, not Cali T. Cali T's are more expensive than we thought, by the way, 105 grand upwards yeah but that's what FFs are right for a half decent yeah, for a half decent one from a, from, a, from a dealership yeah. yeah I prefer an FF all day long yeah I would prefer an FF but I, I, it's actually more practical mm. May, V12 maybe maybe I'm mistaken maybe they are overlooked I just don't think of it as being an overlooked car I think of it as being a sort of you know well regarded popular you but I think it was well regarded <laughs> yeah I'm trying to control it. the values <laughs> 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 well, let's have a look at some of what the patrons have suggested because then we could go on like this forever. So I want to see what other people are saying. Uh, S63 Coupe, totally agree with that. Yeah, We've spoken about it before. Very you cool. had that S500 Coupe at one mm. point. Super nice. Love them. Um, so that's a good shout from D Fog. Uh, and it was the, f- uh, and like that S class was the first time that we saw that almost like singular screen, even though it yeah. was obviously two screens. Yeah. It was their first attempt at that really nice, was, yeah. really nice d- interior. interior design. Yeah. Uh, Nadim Rahim has spoken about kind of stuff which we are thinking about. NSX, GTR, he's saying the V12 advantages. No, AMG GTR. Oh. Nice try. No, <laughs> I don't think that's overlooked. No, AMG I don't think it's overlooked. Very no, exactly. No, yeah. I'd agree with you there. Um, let's have a quick look here. Uh, someone did a very good suggestion for me. Oh, yeah. Kev Arkless has said the Porsche 959. I'd say that's overrated. Yeah. I think I think it's... 959? Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. The hypercar, like, I, yeah, I drove yeah. that and I was like... Like, I mean, know, what, uh, what is the value of that now? Oh, millions. Mi- million I'm, quid, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing... 50 to 1.2, something like that. Yeah. Same as an F40. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's in that same bracket, but that's what I think. I drove it and I was like, what? I yeah. remember, I will not disclose the name of the owner, but a 959 came into SB and I'm pretty sure it was a 75 grand clutch. It wouldn't surprise Sounds them. about right. Yeah, Because yeah, 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 yeah. uh, Porsche literally had to manufacture one. Yeah, yeah, well, it, the technology that went into that car was insane, but actually yeah. the road car ended up being heavy and a bit cumbersome, yeah. I thought. Uh, Project 8, of course. Thank you, Sam, for shouting that out. I mean, I'm always going to say Project 8's overlooked. No one bought them. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> yeah, cuts me, cuts me, cuts me deep, that one. Uh, now, Nathan, Nathan Black De- DeVos, I'm going to say. Great shout. TTRS. Yeah. Do you not think more recently they've become a little mm. bit overlooked? Forgotten. I, th- I, I, th- I think when the TTs went more angular... With the lines, I don't know what, maybe it was 2016, 2015, 2016, when it really stepped away from being the hairdresser's car. Yeah. And Audi really built a good sports car. Yeah. I think there on in, every time I drove a TTS, TTRS, I always saw comments, oh, it's still a hairdresser's Yeah, yeah, yeah. Derogatory. Yeah, and I feel like- It's flipping fast, ain't it? The RS. It's properly- Yeah moves closer to being a baby R8 than it has anything else. Cayman rival. 
yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And you know, it does everything you can need to do. You get all the Audi tech, all the benefits. You feel like you're in a proper little sports car. It looks amazing. You can spec it really nicely. Oh, I think maybe it was like 2015. I was going through our WhatsApp media and I, and I took a photo of one that didn't have a front number plate. It was one of the first... TTRSs where they had changed the grill, no front number plate. I sent it to you. I was like, I'm buying one. <laughs> <laughs> and then I posted it on my Instagram. Everyone was like, hairdressers, cars. Like, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> the simple pleasures. Um, I just saw one that I just wanted to shout out there, which I've now totally. Oh, I've got one more. Oh, no. Okay, go on. You go. I've got one. I've got one as well. Go. XKRS Jag. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I, XK full stop, right? Mm. XKR, XKRS. Like that whole. We've talked, we've spoken about them before. Flipping good car, brilliant man. car. Yeah. People forget it's got that engine in it. Loads. By of the way, complete sidestep here. Who knew about the Velar SVA SV autobiography? Yeah, it's like, a, like an SVR. Yeah, yeah. It's got exhaust. When did that, that come out? You up. Yeah. When did that come when, out? When they launched the Velar, like or pretty a much straight years after. ago. Yeah. I totally missed that that existed. Yeah, it's a thing, mate. Yeah. With the V8. Yeah. yeah it's similar to the F Pace SVR yeah, thing, but, but uh, I don't but, think I've ever seen one on the road ever. I think probably because they didn't name it SVR that you yeah. it went SVA. over your head. Yeah. yeah. How much are they? A lot? Mm, like probably 100 not. grand. Probably oh, yeah. is a new yeah. one. A have, new you one. Seen, have you seen one on the road? Yeah. yeah. Oh. So I discovered that this week. I was like, I was like oh, wow, guys, there's a new car out. Um, um, so what, is, what did you say? SKRS. Yeah, SKRS. Yeah. Uh, AMG GT four-door? Uh, uh, yeah. That's probably... Mm, yeah. Mm, no. 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 What? No. what um, what are you saying? I don't think it's overlooked. I, see, I, I'd say it's. People aren't buying them, but maybe but that's they not did. But they did. That that was a. You know what I mean? People going mad for that car first couple of years, and then maybe they're not buying them now. No, but I think I think everyone went mad for it before they actually revealed what it looked like. Yeah, I think everyone was excited about the idea of having a four door AMG GT, mm. and then when they launched it, they're like, oh. Oh, oh, it looks really weird and yeah. it's huge. And because why would I not have an It's absolutely not an AMG GT. Yeah. Have, you seen, have you seen photos of the new SL? Yes. yes. Oh, mate, so yeah. keen. God. But that's that replacing is... the AMG GT, right? So it's the SL. Yeah, but it's a, it's a 2 plus 2. Oh, is it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're just oh. a bit like a 911. I mean, you can get no one in the back, no chance. Yeah. Oh, so what was a I Pretty reading? car, ain't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the interior, I mean, Merc. Yeah. Smashed it. Yeah. I'm glad that the SL's coming back. We spoke about this before. Yeah. yeah. I remember seeing down at the golf club that I joined when I was very young, an SL55 AMG. It was the coolest car in the park. Yeah. The car park. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh my God. One are, day. You are, <laughs> yeah, one day. <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite cars really, really far back when I really just started getting into it, which you'll probably be able to tell, was the Merc CLK. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, it was so yeah, okay. cool. Yeah, yeah. That you was just one had of the, the first swooping rear shoulders. Yeah, like, oh yeah. I, I it was one of the first cars, like proper cars, I test drove. So my when my grandfather died, he left me a little bit of money, and I went out and bought a three thirty i saloon that <laughs> endlessly broke. <laughs> but when I was doing test drives, CLK was nothing. I said, like, "What was a, a low petrol engine CLK two hundred or one eighty? Yeah, something like that." And I went and test drove it. I was so nice. Went with a three thirty i saloon that had brake failure and a petrol leak whilst I was in a car wash. Everyone freaked out. Go away! I was like, oh my God, I've picked a real shitter. Um, anyway, well, look, uh, we would love to hear from you guys. What are your thoughts? Uh, cars that, yeah, overlooked or forgotten, you know, things like Rapid AMR, 650S, Aventador S, you know, things that just, you don't feel like people really give enough respect or attention to. So yeah, comment below. If you're listening, please tweet us. You can even tweet Paul this week because he's here, <laughs> in case you didn't know. We didn't. Um, but yeah, hashtag uh, behind the glass and let us know your thoughts. Um, but anyway, so that brings an end to today's episode. Uh, as I mentioned at the 
the beginning. Tickets are available now. They are live at seenthroughglass.online. Go to the event section. Get yourself some standard tickets if you want to come along. If you want your car to be part of the Rate My Ride car display, buy yourself a VIP parking space. Otherwise, free parking is available at a big multi-story that's literally around the corner, so do not fret. There'll be coffee, there'll be snacks, there'll be entertainment. It's going to be great. with the bacon rolls there. Who knows if Paul might turn up halfway through? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> seems to be a thing that he does. Um, and yes. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Next week will be our final episode between uh, uh, before a sort of small summer break, uh, and we'll be back with you then in mid-September. So yeah, if you want to follow Tony, he's at Tony Gravel Car Sales on most social media. Uh, Wallace PJW over here on Supercars London. You can also check him out, uh, and I'm at Seen Through Glass on most social platforms as well. Catch up with you soon. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.